take a deep breath Take the higher road That's what they always say As if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself Cause life ain't just a dream You make your own So kick and scream The people will like With a never ending force You never had the chance So what you waiting for The day has come my friend Cause this is war Welcome to Nurses Out Loud. Guys, I'm your host, Nurse Jody O'Malley, and I am so excited. I have some of my very good friends and um, just sisters in Christ that are in town visiting me for my book launch this week. Um, The last chapter. No, I'm just playing. It's not the last chapter because this crap show just keeps going on and on and on. Um, You know, this was meant to be like a time of just celebration and relaxation with all my people that I have been fighting this fight with for the last three years. So I just want to start out for those who don't know me or my story very, very briefly. I became a federal whistleblower with the government on a variety of issues, but I'm known as the HHS vaccine nurse whistleblower with Project Veritas. And so I, the book is called Rare Courage. And I realized that I needed to write the book because I, I, the courage is just rare uh, these days. And I hope that it really inspires people to um, follow the Lord and his will for our life and also for families and friends to be reunited because there was a lot, there were a lot of us um, that just felt something in our soul that something was just not right. And people were afraid to speak out against it. For me, uh, immediately, you know, I knew something was up and in March of 2020, and I allowed my evidence-based practice and my faith, I chose that over fear, to guide me. And in June of 2020, in search of the truth, I found Kristen Megan on Facebook and she was uh, she is an industrial hygienist and um, an expert in exposure science. And so she just validated the things that I knew. And not like we really had to have it, guys, because all it really all we needed to do was look at the box of the mask, which says this doesn't protect against a virus or our N95 respirator which was supposed to be our gold standard in the hospital, right? That none of us ever used unless we came in contact with the tuberculosis uh, tuberculosis patient. And then just go and and research. Well, if this N95 is saying 0.3 microns, well, how big is a flu? Because we never used it for flu. Oh, 0.2. Well, how big is Corona? 0.1. And so I just knew that it did not um, protect us. And so anyway, 
through this, because Kristen decided to speak out, um, she met someone else that was speaking out, which is uh, Tammy Clark, who's an OSHA expert. And the two of them teamed up and went around the country for the last three years testifying um, you know, and just collaborating with people and helping to stop these useless mandates. And so today they are here with me. Like I said, we were celebrating. Um, I also have Nurse April here with me today uh, doing the interview. Nurse Michelle, your Thursday host, Nurse Beth and um, Nurse Kimberly. So the Nurses Out Loud community, um, my sister nurses have gotten together to celebrate. But the bigger story, other than my book release in my own mind, right, <laughs> is, is um, this East Palestine, Ohio. So two weeks after a train derailment with toxic chemicals spilled out into the ground, we have fish dying, Chickens are dying. Pets are dying. People are complaining that their water tastes like metal and that their eyes are burning, rashes popping up. So do we know the full truth? Has the EPA done everything they could to protect the people in this town? And what are the effects of the Ohio River, which flows south through many states? So I'd like to, intrude, I'd like to welcome um, Nurse April, who's co-hosting with me. Hey, and Kristen, Megan and Tammy Clark. Welcome, ladies. Well, it's always nice to be with you because um, we are united in truth. So it's so great to be here. And unfortunately, we came here to celebrate you and your journey and you telling your story of why you stood up to the ethics of your profession. And then again, the government had to go ahead and abandon once again the proper protocols to an emergency, whether it's a pandemic or in this case, the uh, train derailment. So, you know, we're having to take a lot of time to do interviews, but it works out perfectly because we can share with your audience the proper risk and the improper testing and lack of communication that is going on because these agencies are designed to protect we the people and in an occupational and an environmental setting, which a lot of people don't understand that occupational and environmental health and safety is a tenant of public health which is community health. And, um, you know, my colleague and I, my, my sister, wife and truth, uh, Tammy Clark right here. Um, you know, we can't seem to catch a break, but it's hard to say no or set boundaries when you know that you have to communicate risk to these people, especially expectant mothers, nursing mothers. Uh, a lot of these chemicals, we'll get into that, are dangerous because of it leaching into the breast milk or can alter the DNA of the fetus. Mm -hmm. Yes. Hey, it's great to be with you. It's always fun to be with you. We have so much fun together and we were really looking forward to just celebrating you, celebrating your book release and everything we've been through over the last three years. And uh, so it's fun to be with you. I'm really glad that we're able to do the show with you again live uh, with both of you. April, we had a lot of fun with you in Dallas yes. as well. Um, uh, what was that last year? Yeah, yes. no, right. 2021. Oh, yes, that's right. With Dr. McCullough. That's right. Yeah, we yes. have no concept of time. It's when you're fighting tyranny. Yes, yes, exactly. So it's great to be with you. It's great to be with your audience again. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. I mean, you know, they were even so sweet as to say to me, Jody, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You know, we, we have these interviews we need to do. We don't need to take time away from you and, and celebrate. And I'm like, oh, 
it's a fight guys. Like we are in war and, and we understand what our mission is. And so, you know, I just love this platform, this America Out Loud talk radio. You have 24-7 news source uh, with people in all different occupations and fields speaking the truth. So, um, yeah, we're just very blessed, April, right, to have this platform and speak out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I really want to get into the chemical part because I work with the chemicals making these bodies and these simulators. A lot of them are familiar to me and, and it's scary. I mean, I know the effects I personally feel when I'm exposed to these chemicals. I cannot imagine breathing them in constantly, drinking water contaminated with them. Like these people are at risk. But if I remember when we were, you know, at what was your surgery surgery studio, mm -hmm. I remember actually identifying. I was so proud of you because you had capture ventilation, yes, which is a yes. which is a form of an engineering control, and to kind of visualize it for the listeners, like let's say you're like working with a chemical or you're standing or like people in a dental office making dentures, there's something called methyl methacrylate. That's a carcinogen. You want to control a hazard at the source. So you have like a form of ventilation, whether it's through a hose or like a captured box so that it pulls it away from the breathing zone. And April already had that in place. And it was just kind of like a huge moment for me because <laughs> she did that without an industrial hygienist coming to tell her because some of these things you think would be common sense, but you know, that's the problem is I don't know what it has been this, I mean, just the past like couple weeks, it's like all of this is why, I mean, it's for another show, but like, I personally am vaccine injured. I don't vax, I don't vaccinate because my background is toxicology. And I've always said, I don't understand why we use carcinogens, neurotoxins and reproductive health hazards and calm preventive health. Yeah. But the problem what I'm getting at is that it just seems too often lately, the same chemicals that Tammy and I try to substitute or engineer out of a workplace are just wide open in the community. And it's everywhere. And it's like, we're being so willy nilly with these hazardous materials and it's in our food, it's in medicines, it's in water. And whether it's intentional or from, you know, shortcut on safety standards on railways. I mean, this, this job can be a curse and it's mentally taxing because I'm all about informed consent. Of course I consume things that I know are bad for me, but at least I know. Right. But the, the, like just today I saw a video from the aftermath of the train derailment, which I believe happened on February 3rd, you know, we talk about um, nothing's ever one size fits all and different chemicals have different uh, molecular weight. When they mix with other chemicals, they can stay suspended the air for longer or sink. And there's a gentleman who took like a stick and ran it through the water and the surface water looked fine, but then he drudged off from the bottom of the water of this Creek. And it just had this like rainbow sheen, like an oil spill. Mm -hmm. And these are a lot of volatile organic compounds. And again, a lot of chemicals that end in ENE, ene, xylene, tylene, um, they, and benzene, you know, those things are carcinogenic and they're mutagenic and teratogenic. And what that really means, if you're not aware, is these things can alter a DNA or alter uh, an embryo. So um, like at the zygote stage, it can really disrupt a pregnancy. Most often it, it, it ends in loss, but it also can mutate a fetus. So um you know, it's sometimes it's like overloading in the brain and yeah. we have to be able to convey this technical data to non-technical personnel. But um, I want to pass it to Tammy to kind of talk about this. We were talking about this in our, our pillow talk, our, our slumber party here. Right. <laughs> we um, are having fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Find time to have fun. Well, through, girl, through the, we talked about how yeah. we have friends that through the shortage and everything, how in a lot of contaminated seeds, Monsanto, all that. How we have preppers and people that can foods, but now we're at a time where it's like, oh my gosh, 
you need to have like a kit in your house for filtering your water, yes. have CPE, have tape ready. I remember as a kid living in, I live in Michigan. We used to have like this plastic we put over the window and yeah. you took a hairdryer and it would seal your windows. Like that is a form of administrative control to shelter in place. Like people, mm -hmm. you know, you do fire drills with your kids. Like if you have a second story house, you have a ladder. Like, unfortunately we live in a time right now with the threat, I mean, of world, world war three, like all these things, I'm not yeah. trying to scare people, but we have to plan and have things in place. Don't yeah. you agree? Yeah. And I want to piggyback off that because the reason that we have to plan for these things is because our government is proving through the regulatory capture of our regulatory agencies that they are not responding appropriately. They were created to protect people, to protect the environment. They were created uh, to protect the very things that we are seeing happening now, protect the public and communities, uh, whether it's in an occupational or a public or community setting. But because they have been captured by corrupt officials, these agencies are guilty of a fascist relationship with big corporations. And we're seeing that with the train companies, with the media, with uh, other corporations that are involved, they're all working synergistically. And that's a term you're going to hear us use more <laughs> when it comes to the chemical compounds. Um, but they're all working collaboratively and it creates a greater public health hazard because they're not putting the public health first they're putting their own financial gain first. And this is a real problem because everything that they are doing right now is influenced by lobbyists, is influenced by money, it's influenced by um, big tech, big pharma, big corporations, and the media. And when you have the government, and now we know that contractually, the contracts have been exposed, that government agencies are actually contractually um, colluding with these agencies. What it does is it puts the public as a secondary concern, and it puts big pharma and big tech as a uh, main concern. So there's a real problem here. And we need, we now know we need to be paying attention. We need to be looking out for ourselves. We need to be making sure that our families are protected and safe. And uh, so that's what we're going to talk about a little bit more about the um, regulatory capture. And uh, I, we know that the, the media is like the fourth branch of government, but I've been saying the regulatory agencies are the fourth branch of government because they have actually taken over. The the water contamination. Mm -hmm. The Ohio is the possibility of it contaminating the Ohio River, which then what flows into the Mississippi River? Are we looking at something that's going to possibly affect thousands or millions of people? Oh, absolutely, yes. absolutely. Yeah. Everything, everything downstream everything downwind is going to be affected. So just to kind of give you an understanding of how serious this, serious this is, just small businesses, people that buy property and want to build homes, when you have to have like county assessors come in, they look at what you're doing and is there any, the term is navigable waters. So it's water that will travel to other bodies of water because the smallest contamination from an industrial process or just runoff from like, things you're doing on your land, if it impacts the navigable waters, that is someone's potential water that they transition into drinking water. And the wastewater treatment facilities are not always armed and capable of filtering out the different types of toxicants. And toxicants are man-made manipulated chemicals where toxins are more natural. So that's a conflated term people don't understand. So when I say toxicants, I'm talking about these industrial hazards. So, um, 
the little it's it's kind of weird to think about these little tiny mom and pop shops that get cited by the EPA because they had a mini spill like a drum spilled over that has like cooking waste or grease and now you have this and this is affecting a massive waterway and don't forget like Tammy and I were talking um offline about the getting into the aquifers Mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah that's a major problem because what is the aquifer for people that don't know what that is So aquifers are our underground rivers and lakes uh, that all of our farmers tap into to water our crops. The problem is that many of our aquifers, and there's only so many, I mean, we know exactly how many aquifers they are and how large they are. For example, I live in Michigan and the aquifer that my well is tapped into is actually also large enough that it is in Minnesota. So it's huge. They're huge. They're massive. They cover miles and miles but they're at different depths in the soil and they're different sizes. Uh, We have identified many of our aquifers in upstate New York in the Midwest have been contaminated with phosphates, with fertilizers, with pesticides, and they are unusable. Mm -hmm. This is a real problem. Many of our friends in North Dakota, Kristen and I traveled to North Dakota to testify for a special Senate committee hearing during the COVID pandemic uh, to help the legislature there uh, pass laws and uh, that would prohibit uh, that that state from you know mandating masks or vaccines or whatever on people. Um, and so as we were talking to many of the farmers, it's a very um, you know it's a very big cattle farming um, state. So the cattle industry is huge there. And and some of them were telling us explaining how their aquifers, some of their aquifers are unusable. They cannot use them to water crops. And that means that they can't tap into the water. No, because the water has been so contaminated by chemicals. And the EPA is supposed to be protecting us. Yes, they know. So in America, many of the chemicals that we use in America are banned in all other countries for these Mm -hmm. very reasons. And yet our FDA Mm -hmm. and our EPA tell us they're perfectly safe. Well, why is that? because they're money motivated. They're money driven. It's all about profit and money. And really, when you think about it, it's not all about money. If we can't tap into our aquifers and water our crops, then we have a real problem in America because we feed the world. We don't just feed our own people. We literally feed the world. Mm -hmm. So as America goes, so does the rest of the world. So when we look at this from our perspective, when Kristen and I look at this from a chemical perspective, you can't just say, oh, we have a charcoal filter. Oh, we have reverse osmosis cleaning. That's not necessarily going to decontaminate a water molecule that another chemical molecule has attached itself to. Mm -hmm. That type of cleaning, and Kristen and I were talking about this earlier today, um, after our other interview we did, that you know, a lot of these cleaning mechanisms and filtration processes are for bacteria or for viruses, but they will not alter a chemical molecule. That's a very specific process, right? So this is a problem. And if we could do that, the aquifers in the United States would not be unusable. So were you guys shocked when um, this spill happened in Ohio and they let people go back home? Absolutely. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh my gosh. Because in our professions, with the absence of, well, first of all, this can, this is an absorption hazard, an inhalation hazard, and an ingestion hazard. So mm-hmm. with knowing the routes of entry of exposure, you're talking air, water, and, water, and soil. Sample. Because of the chemical that right. was spilled. Because so of the multiple right. chemicals that were spilled. Right. We don't have the numerical data 
to determine exposures, you have to treat it as IDLH. We're talking about a rating that says it is immediately dangerous to life and health. This is when, when we're responding to something, if I don't have instantaneous readings on a certain level of exposure, I have to wear a self-contained breathing apparatus and SCBA like the firefighters wear in hazardous uh, waste response. Mm-hmm. Um, these hazmat teams know unknowns, you, you suit up an SCBA, you treat it as the worst case scenario or as an unknown. The sampling that they've conducted did not sample what occurred the day of. Now they had direct reading instrumentation to let them know presence, abscess, and go off the manifest of what was on the train. But we don't know where did that go when they did the you know controlled release. We didn't know how long did it stay in the air because you have to get a whole team of people that are chemists, people in our field, toxicology, weather, firefighters, and then you have to set out a different path of sampling. So what I'm getting at is there's no way in hell I would allow people to go back to their homes without at least testing the aquifers, the groundwater, and then looking at the weather pattern. Like there's this huge storm system that's coming through with a lot of moisture and snow. And you think like, oh, that's good. It's going to pulse. It's all everything that's still stagnant in the air is going to come down. And with that wet ground, it's going to have it leach into the ground longer. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's yes. important. Let's, let's talk about that. So these chemicals, they, it, the train was derailed. They spilled out onto the ground and didn't they do a controlled burn. quote unquote controlled yeah. burn. Yeah. So they did this controlled burn, which meant that all these chemicals. So now it's like a chemistry experiment, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Now they're all right. together. They go up into the air. They don't yeah. just go away. Right. They're, they're right. suspended up in, right. in the air. And then now we have snow or rain or wind come down. Right. Now it's coming back down on us. Right. Hence why you were talking about before um, that we shouldn't be eating snow ice cream. Right. <laughs> exactly. You know, say like right. If you think about your HVAC filter in your house, in your vents, you know, you change that out and it looks all gross. If you wouldn't eat food off of that, don't eat snow, even in, not in a, a hazmat like mm-hmm. that is a filter for our for atmosphere. the air. Yeah, yeah it and filters the air. Down. So don't ever eat it. It's, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's don't, full of biological <laughs> chemicals, bacteria. It's it's disgusting. It doesn't have but to now, be yellow. This is the filter for all of the volatile organic compounds that love moisture, which another issue is when they did that controlled burn, it changes the composition. And now you're dealing with the off-gassing of not only phosgene, but formaldehyde, which we know is carcinogenic. And that's why people were saying that it smells like like that. that. Yes. Because of the formaldehyde. Yes. And they, you know, they had to do the controlled burn because they didn't know. We don't know. Kristen and I've talked about this. We don't have the data. So we don't know what they were looking at as far as the pressure and things like that. They had to do the controlled burn, but they should have evacuated the entire town before they did this. And this is the problem. These are the problems that we have. It's not their response immediately because they did respond by handling uh, the controlled burn, but they did not evacuate the town. They did not communicate to people. There could have been, like we were talking about earlier, like an Amber Alert, a siren, whatever. Um, And so there were people, we are hearing reports from people that were right across the street from the controlled burn and had to wash their windows because of the buildup of the chemicals outside their windows. And yet they were told to shelter in place, which they should not have done. They should have been completely evacuated. They were told to shelter in place, but they were not told how to shelter in place. 
So they didn't know to turn off their HVAC systems, cover their vents, seal their doors, tape everything off. And, and so these people were very much exposed, directly exposed to this, you know, chemical burn, basically the, this release. Yeah, think and it, the military burn pits. It's like, it's right the same thing. Soil. It's the same thing. It was right there. And listen, this is a very small town. Yeah. We are allowing hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants, people that are not citizens of the United States to cross our borders. And we are sheltering them. We are putting them up. Right. We are providing for their housing. We are providing food, clothing, shelter, even education and a break on taxes, which you know what? I'm a United States citizen. I don't get that treatment. No. And, and so what, what would be so difficult about taking a very small community and relocating them, <clears throat> excuse me, and putting them up? Right. And communicating with them, letting them know these are the hazards that you are going to be exposed to. So we're going to relocate you quickly, rent out a bunch of hotels, bring in a bunch of food and water and communicate with them. Yeah. But what did our government do? Nothing. Nothing. And then Nothing. they said, we're going to burn it and you guys can all hang and out. They, they literally in our profession. So Kristen and I, you know, in the medical profession, you guys know, because you're both nurses in the medical profession. What's the number one rule for your profession? Do, do, no harm. do no harm. The number one rule in our profession is do not create a greater hazard. Mm -hmm. So what the government did, the EPA and these agencies that are supposed to be protecting people, put all of these people in harm's way. They created a greater hazard and they know it. Mm -hmm. And how do I know they know it? Because they've trained us. Right. We're right. government trained professionals. And as we were actually traveling um, here, uh, we saw that there was an incident with a road tanker that hazardous materials, nitric acid. And I just rolled my eyes because every time Tam and I travel, something bad happens. <laughs> <laughs> right. But um, I right, you're in Tucson. the information was immediate and it taught the community here in the surrounding area in Arizona, it taught them how to shelter in place. It explained, turn off your HVAC systems, you mm -hmm. know, close off your vents, all this stuff. Like oh, yes. they did. simple, but they did it, here. Yes. That was just on a roadway and it was one one tanker. mile. It was a one mile radius. Yeah, I think was, was all they had to do. Yeah, mm -hmm. we're talking about a whole bunch of rail cars. I mean, this was ridiculous. So it's. A, I don't know if it was a quick after action report, and they were like, "Oh, let's not do what they did." But this yeah. is the proper thing. You right. tell people. It's like when I say like, it's like a trainer saying work out. Okay, well, like, could you teach me some exercises? Right. You know, you, that's very right. bland and it's very negligent and it's it's criminal. In it's my mass eyes. negligence is what well, it is. And, and we've seen this for the last few years. You know, when we when we come back from break, I want to play a recording of uh, the EP, EPA chief yeah. on CNN, what yes. he had to say, because we were all mind blown listening to that yes. drinking coffee. And we'll be right back. It's time and this is These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. 
guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com where we're healing America one person at a time. The out loud truth was the rallying call that started it all. A wide spectrum of programming from world and political news to societal, your health, and cultural stories. Seven amazing years of news stories, informative podcasts, and great talk radio. America Out Loud Talk Radio. The liberty and justice for all. Welcome back, guys. So if you're just joining us, I have Nurse April here, who is our Monday host on Nurses Out Loud, and Kristen and Tammy, uh, Kristen Megan and Tammy Clark. They're both exposure scientist experts and also whistleblowers. They came out in uh, 2020 and exposed the useless face coverings and all the harm that could be caused by that. And that's how they connect, or that's how I met them. And we have become fast friends, the four of us. I want to play now, though, a clip with a CNN anchor who presses the EPA chief on water testing after the toxic train derailment in Ohio. But rest assured, Local, state, and federal officials are, are devoting vast resources, responding very quickly to these concerns to ensure that communities are protected. So you mentioned that that testing is happening of rivers and streams. When will those results be made available? Uh, you know, Erica, as we get those results in and as we confer with the state, uh, mm-hmm. those results are being made uh, via the state and federal websites. Uh, Do you have a timeline or a sense, though, for people? I mean, even if you can't give me an exact date, will they have them this week? Is it next week? How long will they need to wait? Well, you know, Erica, based on the various tests that we're doing, as they become available, we are making them publicly available. Uh, We want to be sure that we do thorough tests. And so, you know, I would defer people to the state who has the Mm -hmm. primacy lead on water updates. But rest assured, the federal government is deploying vast resources to support the the, the, the state in doing these tests. 
We also heard a gentleman, and you may have heard him uh, just before we came to you, who said he wouldn't plant anything in the ground for at least a year. He's very concerned about soil contamination. So I've spent some time on the local uh, Ohio EPA website there looking at what's being put up by the on-site, uh, the on-site contamination folks. I am not finding in my search information on soil testing. Is the soil being tested? Uh, Erica, it is. And let's just, you know, what we should say up front is we are uh, shifting into the cleanup mode. And so, number one, we've issued uh, a letter of liability uh, to Norfolk Southern. Uh, they will be responsible and accountable for this cleanup. And as we do the testing and as we conduct the cleanup, we will be able to inform the public as to mm -hmm. when it's safe uh, for some of these various activities that they like to pursue. Uh, this is fresh, so, and we understand everyone's sure. concern, but we're with the community. Right. So, so to that point, and that you'll let people know when they can resume some of the activities, as you point out, this morning, what would you say to that gentleman who told us, I wouldn't plant tomatoes for the next year? Would you advise that he do any planting this spring? You know, Eric, I'd be realistic. Uh, this is a fresh site uh, of a disaster. Um, and as we go in, as we assess, and as we clean up, uh, we want the public to know that when we know, they will know. So obviously, mm -hmm. I would not take any immediate action um, on a fresh uh, site until the government has the opportunity to go in, invest, and clean it up to the appropriate level so that we can ensure public health is protected and lives are protected. So I understand this is ongoing, and I know that you understand for the folks on the ground, they get that, but they also need real answers. This has been a really difficult two weeks for them. Do you have any sense, given that, in your words, this is an ongoing cleanup, can you give them any sort of a timeline when you believe you can say to them definitively, it's safe? You know, uh, Erica, what I'd say is this is a fresh accident. Uh, we understand the community's angst. We are on the ground. We will conduct the cleanup. But we have to be able to get in and do the assessment. So mm -hmm. as the conditions on the ground become safe so that we can put our scientists and engineers uh, not in harm's way, but in a position where they could do their work, we will be then in a position to provide those updates to the public as soon as we can. You know, you, we're going to keep you, the public updated. We have people on mm -hmm. the ground now. And so we want to be transparent, Erica. So a couple of other real quick questions before I lose you for timing here. You just said that as the conditions become safe, you'll send in your teams. Are there any areas at this point in time which you believe are still unsafe? Well, you know, it's, a, it's a, an emergency response. And so uh, obviously uh, we want to be sure that we do not put anyone in harm's way, including our staff. So as, so we, yes? investigate, <laughs> uh, as we investigate and as we look at the site, we will determine when and how we can get the appropriate staff in to do the appropriate testing. Okay, well, as we're waiting for that, there are also these questions about some 3,500 fish across 12 different species which have died in the waterways following the train derailment, um, according to Ohio's department, director rather, of the Department of Natural Resources. Are there plans to test those dead fish and also the reported dead chickens and foxes? You know, the, the state is taking the lead on that. We are providing the support to do the test. Um, but it's my do you believe so you believe those tests should be done that uh, the, the state has the lead on that. They are they are conducting the investigations to determine the impacts to wildlife. And we will provide as much support to the state as possible. So, but the state has the lead on that. So they have the lead. But have they confirmed to you that they are actually doing that testing? They have conferred to us that they are investigating and doing an investigation on the impacts to wildlife. The, okay, the but not the test in terms at this of point. the types of tests. I don't. 
the, the specificity in terms of the types of tests. I don't have that information, but that doesn't mm -hmm. mean the state isn't doing it. I'm just like wanting to <laughs> scream. Yes. yes. So, well, I'll let well, you guys yeah. go. Because... Well, we all are. Because he just admitted that the EPA is not sending their own scientists and because it's not safe. And yet they have told all these people that they can go back to their homes that we know because they did not shelter in place properly. Their HVAC systems were not turned off. Their windows and doors were not taped and sealed. We know that the chemicals from the initial burn are contaminating all surfaces, floors, beds, everything inside every home. But it's okay for them to go back. But the EPA cannot send their own scientists in to do proper testing because it's not safe. Because it's ground zero right, right. now. Wow. Yes. I mean, this should just outrage people. But, yes. but because he's so well-spoken and he knows the kind of words to just say, well, you know, Erica. Well, you know, Erica. Well, it's, it's double yes. speak. Yes, yeah. totally. The, the thing that's so insane is that the EPA and people that are trained in, in hazardous materials response, we have those SCBAs with a really, really thick suits that are designed against chemicals, radiation. It's a catch-all. So it's for the unknown. We have the proper PPE to respond to do that right. testing. And when you enter that profession, just like, you know, police, fire, all these people, military, you know, you're in a job where you can be in a high hazard situation. You cannot go to the EPA as someone that goes out and tests or in a hazard materials response and be like, oh, I feel unsafe. You have to have SCBAs and, yeah. and be in a suit. Now it's not fun. I've been in those things. And right. They're very uncomfortable. I mean, it's like right. when, when right. The, you know, COVID came out, it's like all the nurses in the ER saying, oh, well, sorry, I don't feel good. Or right. I don't, I don't feel right. I'm not right. going to work. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's exactly right. Because when you sign up to do that job, like Kristen and I, when we have to go in and do testing and sampling and we don't know what we're dealing with, or we know the exposures, the, the exposure limits, we know, or we can even reasonably anticipate that the exposure limits will be above and beyond the permissible exposure levels or limits, or people know them as PELs. You guys probably know that term. We have to wear the appropriate PPE and it's not comfortable. A lot of people out there, painters, contractors, um, you know, they work in this type of PPE. It's not comfortable, but it's part of your job. So, so and, we have the PPE yes. for them to go Absolutely. in. Yes. So for him to say, we're waiting for it to but be safe. Let me address this. Why do you think? Okay. First of all, they know it's not safe. Yep. They know this they is ground know. zero right now. It is a very active site and it is very fresh. He kept saying that. Yeah. It's very dangerous right now. Nobody should be there. That entire region should be completely evacuated right wow. now. However, if they do go in there in the proper PPE, which is a full SCBA, you heard Kristen say that term earlier, that's a self-contained breathing apparatus. It's a full Tyvek suit, full capper, pepper. What it would look like, honestly, is somebody wearing a spacesuit walking on the moon. Well, let's just think about that. If the EPA knows it is not safe, we don't know what the levels are, so we have to assume it's IDLH, immediately dangerous to life and health. And so we're going to send our people in there in the appropriate PPE to do the testing, the water testing, the soil testing, everything. They have to be in the proper PPE so they look like they're walking on the moon. What do you think all these residents are going to think? Right. But instead- They're going to think, what the heck should right. we be But instead, there? they're not going in, but they're telling everybody they can still live but there. they're telling the other, the residents they, they can move back in. Exactly. Be is like in 10 years, when we look back at this, it's going to be how I feel as an exposure scientist 
seeing the videos of them spraying DDT on children. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Remember they used to do that? It's perfectly I mean, safe. All these videos of right. like the guy with the stick in the creek I, sh- I talked about. I mean, mm-hmm. they're going to go back and go, what were we thinking? Yeah. Because here's the thing with the, with the, you know, other issues that we've had over the years. Even I remember my grandma smoked Kent cigarettes that had asbestos filters while she was pregnant. And all the ladies in the neighborhood would get together every morning at 10 o'clock to have coffee and smoke their Kent cigarettes while they were pregnant in the 1950s when their children were in school and then they had the little ones. They didn't know. Here's the thing. We know. That's the problem. When you know you have a responsibility and you have a liability on you to act. This has been my biggest issue and Kristen's biggest issue over the past three years. We know our government agencies know, and they are violating their own protocols. How do we know? Because we are government trained experts. You mentioned something earlier. What are they offering residents right now? Oh, (laughs) yes. Yes, Kristen, I'll let you cover that. So um, we learned in the town hall meetings that there's two different waivers that are going around. One is to remove liability to any damage to the property while these contractors at the EPA go in and do testing, which can cause you know a lot of damage to your land and your prop and your homes. But this one is also for a thousand dollars if you just agree not to sue. You know, here's your money. Mm. Um, it's wow. it's a it's yeah. a slap in the face. Um, I don't even think the copay for a hospital visit of being right. in respiratory distress would cover. Right. That. Right. So right. The cancer it's, treatments it's, they'll be needing later on. And absolutely. Like and you know what? They know it. That's mm-hmm. why they're trying to get all these residents to sign away their rights because they know they know. So on a coming. scale of zero to 10, 10 being the, the most harmful danger to people, how, what would you rate this spill? I, I've already answered that. I've already said a 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Hands down. Yeah. I mean, the, currently now I'd say a seven, but when it happened to 10, okay, because that that's why I tell people, like, if you can, uh, you know, get a trash bag and grab your home HVAC filters, hold on to those and you can send those off to get them tested with a GCMS. That's a gas chromatograph mass spectrometer. And it will tell you presence, access, and how much is in there. And there's different types of testing once that's figured out monetarily wise, because this should not be on the burden of the people there. You can at least figure out what was captured in your home by getting by yes. pulling out your uh, filter and filter. your HVAC. But make sure that you do that be- anyway, because these VOCs, these volatile organic compounds, are highly flammable. So if we're in a situation where the temperature dips as a snow storm moves through this area, um, people are going to turn their heat on. And you have and flammable contaminants yeah, yeah. in your, in your in, filter. I mean, that was the whole reason why they did the controlled burn is because yes. the chemicals were so highly flammable. Uh-huh. They were afraid that it was going to cause an explosion. Right. right. And then you mentioned that there were other chemicals, not just the. Yes, there were 45 chemicals on this train. Toluene is one of them. Which toluene, is which is one. that one really caught my eye. I mean, a lot of these are very, very toxic, yeah. but toluene caught my eye because some of my construction clients have used this in the past and it's highly flammable. It's explosive. It's corrosive. It's toxic. It's carcinogenic. We actually don't use it very much anymore because of that. Because I know it's banned in California. Yes. yes. I, I, it's what it is. It's used as a like a paint thinner, like to yeah. clean paint and chemicals. Yep. And-, and they use it in civil road construction. They used to use it in civil road construction a lot, but a lot of, uh, you know, newer, safer products have been substituted, which mm-hmm. is 
you know, one of the things Kristen and I talk about on that hierarchy of controls, substitution or elimination. That's right. We've got our, we've got our honorary IH. We had a Jody O'Malley with us. She's learned so much from us, but yes, substitution or elimination. And that's one of the things that we have done with toluene. So it really caught my eye that there was toluene on this tanker because it has a wide variety of hazards um, and it has a wide variety of exposure hazards as well. Inhalation, absorption. I mean, it's just, it's crazy to me uh, that when I looked at the report with 45 chemicals, wow. that's trained, and then Kristen had mentioned how they did not even report to the fire departments and the local health officials coming through transporting. It's a requirement by law when they're transporting hazardous materials, they've got to be reporting every town they're moving it through in case there's a spill, in case there's an accident. They did not do that. What? And they they pray on the lack of um, like, I don't want to call people ignorant because it's just, we know it's because of our job, but like we talk about synergistic toxicity and cumulative dose. So although they're testing and they're like, oh, this is below the threshold limit. Notice they're not saying detection limit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. You can say that, but this is days later. And when you have, you know, 30 to 40 different chemicals that all attack the same target organs, right? With, it's your liver, your respiratory tract, it's central nervous system disruptor. I mean, that is synergistic toxicity. Yeah. It's when this one hazard is different than the sum cumulative sum of the dose mm-hmm. and we they're just ignoring that and th- that is basic toxicology yeah that, so you, you take in high school yesterday when we were having our wine and i think <laughs> i was having a whiskey <laughs> right and so he was having a beer what what was the you know, we talked about that yeah That's exactly what we talked about yeah again part of this job is we have to be able to convey technical data to non-technical personnel yes and that's not in a condescending manner it's just because you gotta you know it's another language because right? people have to be able to understand um, our acronyms in our language like something, yeah something for idiots but for dummies <laughs> Industrial hygiene for dummies. So you can listen to Whitmer and Biden press conferences. Right. So I was saying is that to think about like if you have a table of like a shot glass of vodka, you have a beer, you have whiskey, you have a seltzer or like a white cloth, and you have one shot, you have one little small glass of wine. That one shot, that one glass of wine may not be uh cause you to be so intoxicated that you can't drink you know we all have our limits you know one or two drinks whatever or damage our liver right whatever but the thing is is that when if imagine you had one straw and then that straw if you kind of think of it spidering out if that straw breaks off into four or five different branches and it's touching the whiskey the beer the white claw mm-hmm. that's synergistic toxicity so in their individual settings they're not as hazardous but if you're getting it all in you're going to be mm-hmm. wasted. Yeah. Right. And your liver is like, hi, you know, <laughs> hi, hello. Don't forget about me. Well, and that's right. the problem because at the town hall last night, they actually talked about the fact that this chemical, they talked about one chemical that was tested, did not detect above any threshold, the concern threshold level. I forget the term that they used actually was not a term that I no, recognized in industrial hygiene exposure limit right right they, i mean when you talk about threshold you're usually talking about uh right threshold limit value or an odor threshold because for example or an action start, limit action level yeah there's yeah. things that smell really bad 
but they're not hazardous. Right. And we all have different odor thresholds, but I thought the same thing. It's like, it wasn't a word. It's they are using, they're playing a clever game of wordsmithing here. Mm -hmm. And I have dealt with these regulatory agencies enough to understand their regulatory speech normally. And during COVID COVID and beyond, it's very different what they're doing. Like it's no different than, um, than the way they are claiming, for example, the government and the government agencies, the CDC, uh, the the FDA and OSHA, they changed the term of science, the scientific method to allow what they're calling observation science, which is a new term, like mm-hmm. observation science. So I can just look at you and go, okay, I'm observing this. Therefore, it's factual science. Right. No, 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 no. Part of the scientific method. Exactly, exactly. And what I'm watching here with these EPA reports and how these government agents were talking at this town hall to the people last night was they're changing the terms and they're changing the actual methodology of things that are normal and are proven, scientifically proven to give you accurate and safe results to new terms, new words. Newspeak. It's a, it's new speak. That's right. Mm-hmm. It's a clever game of wordsmithing. And the only losers are the citizens of the United States of America. Yes. And I'm very concerned and angered about that because they know, and, and that's what makes it fascist. So we've had that spill. Yep. And then we've had some more. We had a very short period of time. And what did I tell you guys? Okay, April, you weren't here yet last night. But while we were having our wine last night and Jody was having her whiskey, I said to you guys, right before we all went to bed, I said, watch, we're going to wake up and there's going to be another train derailment. There's going to be another chemical spell. What did we wake up to this morning? Yeah. News of another train derailment carrying hazardous materials outside of Detroit, which is our home state where we live. What the... I, when Kristen said, oh my God, Tammy, check your Twitter. When you're waking up, it's like, oh dear God, I don't even care. I don't want to. I don't want to. What happened? Yeah. Was it a train derailment? Oh, yep. And Another, then yes. we were at an event earlier for um, a, a kind of a round table with other nurses. And uh, I just handed my phone to Tammy. And I, my mom had texted me about, uh, a, a, was a, a plastics plant? Yes, plastics down plant. Down in Kissimmee, Florida. And I just thought, well, oh, yeah, I just handed it my phone. Like, yes. I can't even. <laughs> like, yeah. if, if these objects in the sky are UFOs, just beam me up now because I'm, I'm done with 2023. <laughs> and it's only February. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, Lord God. What are they setting us up for? I don't even know. I mean, to me, it looks very much like an attack. And I've said this before. I've said it yes. for so long. We are in a war. Yes, we are. Mm-hmm. It looks different than it used to. But to me, I mean, if you're what did they say that this was world war one type of chemical like the, oh, this, these chemicals the were used in yeah. world war one that's why it was so concerning this was chemical warfare in world war one mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. what we're dealing with what these people are yeah. being told just go right back to ground zero it's perfectly safe yeah but, but uh, we're not going in okay. until it's will, safe yeah the government won't come in and do any testing or sampling until it's safe right oh my gosh right i mean talk about criminal mass negligence absolutely that's what we're dealing with so what would you guys say to the citizens people you know that could be affected by the the water like we don't want to alarm people but we, we obviously yeah i mean it, it, i hear you girl i hear you you know i, no, I do yes don't just complain. We need right. solutions. We right. need solutions. Right. So in the last few minutes of the show, right. um, what would you tell people? Yeah. I would say, first of all, um, go look up um, ERG. It stands for the Emergency Response Guide. You can find a PDF version online. 
And then look up something called the NIOSH Pocket Guide, N I O S H. I can't spell all that. Sorry. <laughs> um, so, NIOSH. products that we use. Mm-hmm. And there's also through NIOSH, there is a Seaburn chemical, biological, radiological, nuclear. It's a guide that says, okay, when you know it hits the fan, it instantly, we whip out these pocketbooks and go, we need to look out for these signs and symptoms. We need to wear this PPE. So my point is go arm yourself with the knowledge to ask the right questions. If you are someone impacted or you're downstream of this to ask your local EPA representatives and state representatives, because if you are armed with the correct terminology and talk about cumulative dose and synergistic toxicity and exposures, they can't BS you. Right. Honestly, I do not feel safe saying anything other than you should not be there. No. Right. I agree. I agree. If you are at all able to evacuate, honestly, guys, you need to evacuate the region. You need to leave. If you cannot. Like how far out? If you, well, that's a very difficult thing to say because we haven't been able to do air sampling, but the region. Right. And but I here's what I will tell you. If you are not able to for financial reasons, I understand that. And I don't want you to be afraid because I'm not trying to, you know, uh, put the spirit of fear on anybody because we know that God is our protector and our provider. So pray over your family, but do some basic things like if you can change your air filter in your um, HVAC system every single day. Like Kristen said, take the original air filter out, put it in a garbage bag and save it because that is your evidence of what was collected in your home. It's going to be all connect, uh, collected on that filter. Mm-hmm. And that's evidence for you down the road, but change it every day if you can, um, because the, t- uh, the exposures are going to be minimized little by little, you know, over the days. Also, do not let babies crawl on the floor. Do not let babies crawl on the carpeting. Um, wear butyl gloves to wipe down and disinfect everything and use a vacuum cleaner with an, uh, a HEPA filter if you can. Otherwise, I would say don't vacuum and do not walk on your floors barefoot. Yeah, because you have to deal with cross-contamination and then, you know, dealing with, you know, the possible re-aerosolizing of things that yes. have settled. Yeah, uh, it, this is why it's so difficult because we can only make uh, control suggestions based on the limited data we have access right. to, but we also have done tabletop exercise and trained for this. So we understand how, you know, it's just like in an industrial setting, we set up regulated areas for certain things that are um, called expanded standard chemicals that are so hazardous. And you have to like, if you're wearing even just PPE, there's like a secondary kind of like isolation rooms. You know how there's like staging to exit? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's yep. so you don't bring it home. And now the one thing that we've totally tried to engineer and mitigate out is these people don't want to bring these chemicals home. And now it's in their home. It's yeah. in their yard. Right. Think about everything. Yeah. Like anything that was left outside. I mean, we right. in the Midwest had this really warm front come through. I know my seven-year-old was riding her bike the other day. So is there the tricycles outside? Is there rollerblades? I mean, this stuff, it doesn't just go away. Yeah. So this isn't like when we talk about dilution, it's Mm -hmm. there. It's there. And it's absorbed. Yes. The skin. Yes. You inhale it. In the eyes. Yes. Ingested. Breathed Mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It it reminds me of that um, Aaron Brockovich. It is. Oh, yes. It's exactly like that. Yes. Trying to figure out who's going to play me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there, this, well, this, right. this will be a, some sort of documentary or something absolutely we need to always moving forward because you it. know what we need to do we need to privatize these alphabet soup yes. agencies like Kristen says yes. they, I just want to they, with this. yes 
Uh, that seems little people go, well, oh, well, everyone will pollute. Let me just say this. Imagine we have a clean bowl of water. Okay. Like just think about like, a, let's do a bathtub. And all around the perimeter of the bathtub, you have little tiny businesses and they have tiny little contaminants and the littlest thing leaks and they get slapped with a fine. But you got this giant corporation over here and it's just flowing in. What is the point of even having rules if you're just going to allow your giant lobbyists and special interest groups that pay for you mm-hmm. to just look the other way? Do you want Do you see how it's completely useless then? Right. It is. It's right. useless. It's right. useless. Totally. I mean, at, at this time, you know, I think more and more everybody has lots of people have woken up to the idea that our government does not have our best interest in uh, mind. Yes. And if right. they're, you know, people are waking up to the fact may have more people walking away from the medical system, you know, getting their own chickens and yes. goats and yes. helping people via tele- telemedicine. I mean, and this is where we're going, you right. know, and right. I mean, I guess the benefit in this is that our eyes are open. We are now all awake. We're all awake. And now we're finding one another and we are networking and we are finding like, Hey, can you help me with this? I need this. And, and communities are being formed. That's right. And even parallel systems and parallel systems with the nurses are creating with these PMAs, these private medical associations, these are parallel systems to allow people to opt out and get off of the government system. That's, that's really what I call the beast system that the Bible talks about, because mm-hmm. I happen to have a biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. But it is true. We are creating parallel alternative systems. And that's so important in this day and age, because our government is harming us. Our government that's supposed to be protecting and providing is harming us. So well, that's all the time we have for today, friends. But remember, we are here Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 11 p.m. And you have a different nurse host daily. Please be sure to tune in and listen to myself and my amazing sister nurses as we walk you through these hot topics. We will empower you with the information and education. We will advocate and we will stand in the gap for you because we are nurses and this is what we do. I'm your host, Nurse Jodi O'Malley, and you can find me here every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern. Be sure to make AmericaOutloud.com your daily stop for all the latest news and happenings. We must all do our part and share the stories, the articles, the podcasts, and videos so we can help secure America's future. Until next time, be safe, be well, and God bless. Continue to shine your light in the darkness. It's time in this city.